Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Mean Streets. These are honorable men. You know, Tony, you got to worry about talking about one thing and it's that. Charlie. you got to be like me. Tony. I just be sure and tell him to be here tonight, all right? Michael. Giovanni. You're still around that kid, Johnny Boy. This Johnny Boy is named after me. Nice, huh? For sure. This Johnny Boy is a little bit like your friend Groppy, half crazy. I understand you try to help him out because of our family and his family, but that's nice, I understand. But watch yourself. Don't spoil anything. Honorable men go with honorable men. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Mean Streets, and the story is as follows. A slice of street life in Little Italy among lower echelon mafiosos, unbalanced punks and petty criminals. A small-time hood gets in over his head with a vicious loan shark. In an attempt to free himself from the dangers of his debt, he gets help from a friend who is also involved in criminal activities. The film is starring Harvey Keitel, Robert De Niro, David Provol, Amy Robinson, Richard Romanus, and Cesare Danova. It is... Written and directed by Martin Scorsese, and it is co-written by Mardik Martin. Here to join me today for this throwback podcast review, I have Danilo Castro. Hey, everybody. Giovanni Lago. Hello. And joining us over here, he is the senior film critic for Geek Vibes Nation, Larry Freed, everybody. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be back. Yes. Pleasure to have you back on the show, Larry. Pleasure to have you talk with us about a Martin Scorsese picture as well. The reason why we are reviewing Mean Streets is because this is actually the first collaboration on film between Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro. To get ready for the release of Killers of the Flower Moon, which reunites De Niro and Scorsese, and also DiCaprio and Scorsese, we're also going to be reviewing Gangs of New York at a later date, which was the first time that Scorsese worked with DiCaprio. So, in going all the way back to 1973, early in Martin Scorsese's career, back at a time where the budget was half a million dollars, it was a struggle to get financing, it was a struggle to get this movie made, it has a really, really fascinating behind-the-scenes story, uh, but prior to this, Scorsese had worked on a couple of short films, he'd also done the features Who's That Knocking on My Door, Boxcar Bertha, but Mean Streets, for most people, is typically the film that is seen as the birth of Scorsese as we know him today. You could see pieces of him 
in those first two films, but Mean Streets is the one where you start to see what would eventually become refined and chiseled into a nice diamond with movies like Goodfellas and modern classics that we have today. Um, Not to mention even classics that came directly right after this, such as Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, in regards to the collaboration between Scorsese and De Niro. Of course, he would also work with Harvey Keitel multiple times. He had worked with Harvey Keitel prior to this as well. There's a lot to go into here. Uh, I'm very excited to dive in into uh, my favorite filmmaker of all time and, you know, such an early film for him. So let's hear first from our guest, Larry. Larry, what has been your experience watching Mean Streets over the years and what do you think of it today? Well, uh, I actually watched it for the first time for this. No freaking way. That's absolutely what happened. Uh, you asked. How, like, this is the thing that amazes me, right? <laughs> when I tee up this movie like this, this, this is incredible because Scorsese has been around. People have had time to watch his movies. So I think most people tend to start off with Goodfellas, Taxi Driver. But it's like, for some reason, they stop. And they don't watch Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore or Mead Streets. And it's like they don't go they don't go further back. Now, is that just because of uh, lack of access and availability to watch this or? Uh, no, I think it was just uh, a matter of interest. I mean, you know, I. Interesting. I, I'm not not saying that I don't like Scorsese. I think he's a master filmmaker. And, you know, some of his films are some of my all time favorites. Um I guess this sort of gangster genre, Italian mafia genre is just not sort of one of my pillars. So like it just was never a film that really came to me. And I think that, you know, for reasons we may talk about in terms of the quality of the film, I do think that this film really sits in the shadow of Goodfellas. So I think that when when you want to get involved with Scorsese, you watch Goodfellas, you watch Casino, um, and then I think that a lot of people sort of, you know, I think his collaborations with DiCaprio are really the cornerstones for a lot of people's love for him. So when you, you think about films like uh, Shutter Island, Aviator, Wolf of Wall Street, I feel like those just sort of interest people more than this title did. And I guess sort of when I was first getting into film, this one just sort of never crossed my path. It's always been on my list. Obviously there's a couple of Scorsese films I haven't seen, uh, that I, that I, you know, think are long overdue. Uh, and, uh, when you asked me to be a part of the show and you told me we were reviewing this, I'm like, all right, better now than never. So this was, uh, this was my first time seeing the film. And, um, I gotta say it's, it's not, can I talk a little bit about, should I go into like my thoughts on it now or do Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please general thoughts. Let's open it up. Yeah. So I, I don't, I think this is one of my favorite Scorsese's. As I mentioned earlier, I do think, especially having seen Goodfellas and, you know, Goodfellas is sort of the Scorsese movie. I think most people would argue that it's his best film or certainly the one he's most well known for. Um, I feel like this movie does really sit in the shadow of that movie in the sense that you can see a lot of the stylistic choices that he has. You can tell what he's interested in exploring, the archetypes, the character archetypes and the relationships he's looking at. The religious guilt, especially in this movie, um, you know, really follows his filmography. And it makes sense because, as you mentioned, Matt, you know, he was working on a couple of films before this, but this really is his debut 
movie. Like, even though it's not technically his first feature, this is the this is the debut of the Martin Scorsese that we know. It's kind of like when people say, oh, Whiplash is Damien Chazelle's uh, debut. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's, it's sort of similar with Barry Jenkins, right? Because Moonlight's his sophomore, but that's the movie that's going to cement his legacy forever, I feel. Mm-hmm. Although, who knows what? Who knows? If he ends up making another masterpiece, he arguably already has. Uh, but so watching this movie, I, I felt bad, but all I could think about was like, okay, he clearly does this better later. <laughs> Cause I, I just felt like this film, while I do think that the characters are really well realized and I do love a lot of the visual, uh, specifically the camera work that's in this movie is really incredible, especially on such a budget with so many stunts. Um, I do feel that there's a lack of restraint in some of the storytelling here that, you know, there are times where this film just sort of failed to keep my attention uh, in the same way that a Goodfellas did. I, I, you know, there's a lack of sharpness in some of the just some of the mafia politics, I guess, uh, that just sort of left me a little cold. Um, but I do I did find it very entertaining. I think the movie's hilarious. I think it's um, I do like the themes of the of the, you know, uh, Catholic guilt. And how that plays into these mafia settings. And um, I think that Harvey Keitel is giving a great performance here. But of course, I think I think that I'm really glad I saw this because of De Niro, because this is really the this is the proto De Niro performance that would go on to define, you know, so much of Scorsese's collaboration with the actor in the future. And you can see the taxi driver in this. You can see the Goodfellas. You can see all of it. So. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. I think it's a really impressive sort of what I would call a quote unquote debut. Uh, You don't see a lot of films that, you know, sort of highlight a director's style this specifically and viscerally. But I would certainly not consider it one of my favorite Scorsese's. I I would certainly place it in the in the mid tier. Okay, All right. Let's head on over next now to Giovanni Lago. Giovanni, history of Mean Streets. What did you think of it on this latest viewing? Yeah, so Mean Streets, this was literally the second watch I've had in Mean Streets, and the only time I watched it was, this is damning against my parents, uh, I was 12 years old, <laughs> and I watched Mean Streets with my dad because my dad absolutely just let me watch whatever, and I do thank him for that immensely. Uh, hey, you know what, your dad's a goddamn hero as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and so uh, I... Didn't really remember much. You know, I always remember certain things like after you, after you, after you, you know, quotes like that. But not really the specifics of the story, especially, you know, when it comes to age and also in context of Scorsese's career and, and you know, revisiting it, um, it still holds up immensely. I, I do agree with Larry. I mean, when we look at the grand scheme of themes, it probably wouldn't really be considered like the best works of Scorsese. It's very foundational and early and so much that we enjoy from his films like was mentioned in terms of his themes of uh, religion and the guilt pressed on by that and balancing the life of crime and the life of god and you know Keitel Harvey Keitel is really good in the movie also forgot how yolt he was back then when he was young there's the whole scene where he takes like shirt off he's like shaving and I was like damn okay De Niro is so good and so volatile. Everyone in the movies lights out. I think what makes it stand out so much for me, especially compared to Goodfellas or the Irishman or all these other mob films that Scorsese has made himself is that they're so young and not just Scorsese making the film, but also the actors 
in the film and their characters and where they are in terms of organized crime. Like they're not dons or people who have been working up like their way so much. They're so low level and it's also um, idiotic at times for them. Like they're kind of like not great gangsters at all. Yeah. De Niro constantly talks to Michael. He's like, yeah, you're the only dude who like lets me bum off of you because like I could just not pay you back. And like, they're just overall kind of incompetent and it's, interesting dynamic to see um the movie is gorgeous looking and i think well edited and it might suffer just because of age in comparison in terms of again look at what scorsese's done now compared to what that film is and sure you can look at it like that but i do think overall it still holds up very well and it's very enjoyable all right all right danilo castro on to you with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I think like everybody, I had seen sort of the heavy Scorsese hitters prior to this. Goodfellas, Casino, Taxi Driver. Sort of the movies that uh, he would hone a lot of the things he introduces here, like has already been stated. I think something that's really interesting and something that helps the movie stand out still is uh, in Goodfellas, in Casino, even in The Irishman, uh, Scorsese's recreating a certain era, a certain time period. Here, he's capturing a time period. And the fact that he gets to do that and sort of pour all of his directorial talent and flourishes into just trying to capture a setting that he seemed pretty comfortable and pretty familiar with, I think is sort of invaluable. There's not really... I'd say with the exception of maybe his first movie, that's not really the case. Um, and so I think that gives that it gives it sort of an authenticity that transcends even his ability to tap into other sort of mafia type, you know, eras. I think the movie is really powered by the directorial flourishes. We get little touches like people have alluded to. There's a great scene where Kaitel's walking through the club and it does feel like a like a baby version of that Copacabana shot that we eventually get in Goodfellas. We also get the Rolling Stones on the soundtrack. We get these pop music needle drops all over that he eventually kind of harnesses. And I'm not going to say perfects because I think they're used really well here, but maybe uses a little more sparingly. I do agree with Larry. I do think it sags a little bit, uh, particularly during the second act, which we can sort of get into why maybe, uh, a little further into the episode, but flawed, really entertaining. And I think it's actually maybe even aged better with time because of that authenticity that I mentioned, but also the fact that you can kind of keep an eye out and look and see, oh, he uses that later. Oh, that's something that gets fleshed out later on. So it's it's really rewarding, I think, for, for Scorsese fans. You don't make up for your sins in the church. You do it on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, for real, for real. I love the scrappy nature of this movie. Mm -hmm. I I love that like you could go back and watch something like Darren Aronofsky's Pie or Christopher Nolan's Memento, and 
these are just movies that are being made by the skin of their teeth, right? Yeah. It almost feels like it's an impossibility, but you realize that the production of these movies are so long and they're working with their friends and they're in a lot of cases shooting stuff that they're very, very familiar with. And that's what Scorsese did here. Now, granted, the production schedule for this was, I think, only like 26 days they shot this in, if I remember correctly. That is unreal. <laughs> I, right? Considering the amount of coverage and stuff that has to get captured in this film, I, I totally agree. But that just goes to show you, too, that um, they didn't have much time to do multiple takes. Uh, Scorsese had to know exactly what he wanted. And part of the uh, fun of watching this movie is actually understanding the behind the scenes making of it in how Scorsese had to be very uh, inventive about the budget limitations of this movie. So, for example, you know, this movie is entirely set in New York City and I would say 10 percent of it was shot in New York City. The rest of it was all shot in Los Angeles. Wow. But you wouldn't know that necessarily from looking at it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, that is shocking to me. So there's little things like that that I think are just absolutely fascinating. There are mistakes throughout this movie in terms of, I would I would say, some editing continuity errors. And there are just certain things that I think, while at the time of its release in 1973, one would look at this and consider this to be revolutionary. They, it does feel sort of tame now by comparison. I mean, we're talking here 50 shit, 50 years later. Wow. Oh <laughs> my my God. God, it didn't even settle in until I just said that. But that's where we're at here. Uh, Scorsese was 30 years old when he made this movie. In fact, I think he was 29 and he turned 30 while making this movie. And it just, to me, you know, like I was saying before, uh, John Cassavetes told Scorsese that after Boxcar Bertha, he needed to make something that was personal to him. And I think that that's exactly what Mead Streets captures, is it captures, as was said before, Scorsese's childhood, his view of this world and of these types of people. Um, I, I agree with what was said before, uh, by Giovanni, which is that even today, because I feel like today we see so many gangster stories that are typically told on a large scale um, where the crimes are so intricate. There's so many people involved. The organization level is massive. And here they're, they're just they're they're such small time uh, crooks and just hanging out in bars and being very casual about their lives. They're just normal, regular, everyday guys just caught up in a life that can only be described as hell based on the way that it's shot in this movie with like the bright reds and such. And you throw in the religious iconography and uh, what the character of Charlie is ultimately trying to do here. I think this movie has so many fascinating ideas. I think it has style that whether intentional or was just a way to solve problems on the day still comes across as very exciting when you watch it. But also, too, I recognize that it's not perfect. I actually think that even at a, at 112 minutes, this movie can afford to lose uh, some some of its runtime a little bit and be a little bit tighter, I think. Yeah. Uh, there are times where I think it does start to sag a, a bit in, in, term of, in terms of its pacing. But overall, um, I, I can see how a movie like this in like I said once again, think about the context here. 1973. We're talking what? Godfather is 72. Yes. Right. Yep. You know, it's like 
this is this is like considered uh you know revolutionary on the independent film scene uh for its time and so it might seem you know like i said tame by comparison compared to the stuff that we see today but if you look at it in the context of its time it's still i think a very exciting uh film that still works for a major for a, a lot of reasons i also think that um when you look at his very first movie, who's that knocking at my door? It's there's a lot of carryover. And this is like a quantum leap forward from that, uh, just to kind of put it in the context of his career. And so you can see how quickly yeah. he's evolving. And then obviously, you know, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Taxi driver. We eventually hit uh, the sort of the bigger ones. But he's it's amazing to track that and recognize in real time how quickly he's evolving, because, I mean, this is maybe one of the best examples of, it, of his whole career. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review for the 1973 film Mean Streets here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the nearly hour and a half long review, you will have to head on over to Next Best Picture's Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you'll get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.